Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. This morning, I've, I want to minister to you guys uh, just for just a, a, a few minutes, simple word, and it basically has to do with us being active in the harvest, being active in the kingdom of God. I, I'm not going to mess this up in a hurry, but I will work my way through it. Amen? The, uh, it, it's amazing how good the word is here at Island Church. We have, we have a world-class minister in Pastor Rusty Martin. I don't know whether or not you realize that or not. Amen? When, when he travels to different churches, when, like right now he's at Sam Carr's church. Sam Carr is known worldwide. He called Pastor Rusty Martin to come preach for him. You know why? Because Pastor Rusty Martin has the goods. He spends the time in prayer. He spends the time in the Holy Ghost. And listen, we, we need to learn from that. And we need, we need to glean off that. We need to spend time in prayer, spend time in the Word, and take what has been given to us and grow and take out and give it to other people that are hungry. I, I remember Mama Ward was talking to me one time, and they were missionaries in uh, Puerto Rico. And she said they walked up to the house. She's just telling me a story, but she was talking and the Holy Ghost was talking. Amen? And, and, you know, the Holy Ghost can use you all kinds of different ways, even when you don't know it. And, and she, she said, we walked up to our house. I guess they lived on, on the dry side of the island. And she said, when I walked up there, I looked in my cistern, and he said, there was water in the cistern. And I said, well, yeah? Well, what's, what does that mean? She said, well, a lot of times we don't have any water, and, and we would take water and, and, uh, out of, out of the, the barrel that we had, and we would stand in a pot and take a bath, get ourselves wet, soap ourselves up, rinse ourselves up with the water that was in that pot, and then go take that pot of water and go put it on the plants, try to keep the plants alive. I don't know about you, but uh, I think my daughter sets the world record for taking showers. I don't know how well she would, I mean, it's, you know, it's Sunday, and then it's Monday, and she's still in there, and what is going on in there, you know, and the the water meter is going, and we just, we just take the precious water that we have, we take it for granted, and we just let it run on us and run off of us and run down the drain, and there's people out there that are thirsty for the water that we have. I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying that to condemn anybody, but what I'm saying is, listen, let's, let's appreciate what we have. Let's, let's take what we have and, and, and use it to bless other people with. Not, it's wonderful for us to be blessed by the word of God we receive, but you'll receive a multi, multitude, a multiplied blessing if you'll take what you've got and give it to somebody else. Amen? So I think I'm going to kind of go backwards of what I did this morning. So look over in your Bible here in the book of Revelations real quick, chapter 2. Jesus was talking to the church in Galveston, I mean the church in Ephesus. <laughs> Not really. Somebody could probably twist that out of there, huh? <laughs> Chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, in the, this is Jesus speaking. It's in red in my Bible, so that means Jesus, amen? It says, unto the angel of the churches of Ephesus, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. In other words, man, that's Jesus. Yeah. After his resurrection, I mean, he's in all authority and all power. Hallelujah. He says this in verse 2. In the Amplified, it says, well, it says, 
in the King James, it says, I know your works, but the Amplified says, I know your industry, activities, labors, toils, and trouble, and your patience and endurance. See, what he's saying is, he's saying, look, I know you guys are busy. He said, I know you got Sunday school going on, and I know you got, you got dab classes going on, you got street outreach, and you go to the jails, and, and, and people go on missions trips. And he says, I know your industry. We, we do CDs. We mail out CDs every month. I don't know how many CDs we, we move through here with, with uh, television. We're getting ready to go online with, with our live stream. There's all kinds of industry and activity. And Jesus said, hey, I know about all that. He said, that's good, that's wonderful, that's nice. But look down here in verse 4, it says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. In, uh, in the Amplified, it says, Remember then from what heights you have fallen. Well, that's the wrong verse. 4, it says, But I have this one charge to make against you, that you have left and abandoned the love that you had at first. You have deserted me your first love. That's pretty strong talk coming from Jesus. Amen. And, and I'm not here saying that, listen, we've abandoned our, our first love in Jesus. But what I'm saying is, is we might need to refocus in some areas where, man, you know, thank God we, we've got all this activity going on. We've got a tent ministry we're bringing online. Uh, you know, that's all wonderful. But, but I really feel like what the Spirit of God has me to say today is about us ministering one-on-one -on -one to people. I believe that's the first love in Jesus' heart. I believe when Jesus was dying on the cross and that thief was next to him, I believe Jesus reached out and individually ministered to a guy that was having his worst day. Amen. He was having a bad day. Amen. He was hanging on a cross. He was dying. And he, he said, Jesus, will you remember me? And Jesus said, this day will you be with me in paradise. I'll tell you, sometimes on our worst day and our, our baddest moments is the time when God uses us the most and we have to be open up and ready to open our mouth and give people the reason that we have the hope that we have. We're taught the word of God. We, we, I can't say enough how powerful the word of God is that comes forth from this platform, but I want to tell you it does no good if we don't take it out and give it to other people. So Jesus said this, he, he said, listen, you've left your first love. And he said, repent for it. In other words, change your mind. There, there, there's a mindset that we get sometime where we say, man, look at what we're doing. When we move into this new building, when, when, when we start, God starts, listen, in order to build that building, what, you, what we don't under, you might not understand as a church is God has to prosper you to bring the money. You, we ought to get up and run around the church because we're going to build a new building because we need millions of dollars. How's that going to come? It's going to come through you. So God's going to prosper you. God's going to bless you. God's going to bring it through you. Amen? But if we build a building and it's beautiful and we leave our first love, and we say, look what the Lord has done, and then we kind of say, well, yeah, we kind of did it too. We might as well go build a bowling alley. Amen. Amen, because the bottom line of ministry is taking the gospel to the lost. And then once we get the gospel to the lost, it's training them. Blessing, and that's, that's part of what the church is all about. That's what pastors are for, evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles. They're to come and help build the body of Christ for what? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, for the, well, the first word there is the work. 
That's a four-letter word, isn't it? People don't like to, like to use the word work, but, the, but it says for the work of the ministry. Amen. You know, if, if Pastor Rusty had to come out here and vacuum the, the carpets and clean the chairs and mow the grass and, and, and do everything that needed to be done in here, a lot of people say, well, that's a good pastor there. Listen, he, he needs to be in, in there praying and spending time with God, spending time in the Word of God so that he has some bread that we can partake of. So that he has the, the living water of the word of God that we, we can partake of and then take it out beyond the four walls here. The work of the ministry. There, there, is, there is what Ephesians calls the, the, the work of us as individuals. Listen, it's just as much of a blessing and just as much, just as much of a noble deed to be in the back back here with, in the nursery changing dirty diapers as it is to stand up here behind this pulpit. And she will get, whoever it is back there, will get just as great of a reward. And the Bible actually calls this kind of work as unto the Lord, spiritual worship. She, they're not up there with their hands up in the air right now singing and hallelujah and running around the nursery. They're probably chasing kids. But the Bible calls that spiritual worship. A lot of times we, we just got blinders like this and we think all our worship is is lifting our hands and, and singing and that is worship. I'm not saying that's not. But listen, the greatest spiritual worship that you can enter into is finding out what God has called you to do here in the body that he's called you to. Amen. Listen, uh, when you find that place, that, that is going to be your place of happiness. That's going to be your place of joy. That's going to be the place where you are fulfilled. It's amazing to me when I go out to the street ministry or when I, go out, when I go out to the jail, when I walk out of that jail, I know Brother Roland can attest to this, man, I'm on cloud nine. I'm stoked, man, I'm happy. Why? Because I've gone and I have, I have gone out and I have done spiritual worship. There might have been only two guys in my pod, but I preached to them like I preached to 2,000. Amen, because God has imparted something unto me. And I go in there and impart it unto them. And then I realize working around here, whatever we've got to do, whether it's picking up trash, whether it's preaching in the pulpit, whatever it is, it's spiritual worship as we do it unto God in our hearts. Listen, man, it, it is the greatest high you'll ever have. Because it's what you're created for. It's what you're created to do. But in the process of all of our spiritual worship and all that we do, listen, we're only in this church, in this building, only maybe two or three hours a week, four hours a week having service. And the rest of the time, we're out in the nasty now and now. Amen. But, but here's the deal. When we are out living our life, working our jobs, we cannot just take our Christian hat off and put on some other hat, for, for lack of a better term, just to be comfortable. I mean, there's, there's places, listen, that you can witness, you can talk about the Lord, and there's places you have to use wisdom. Yeah. Amen. You, you, you know, you don't need to be preaching to your boss when you're supposed to be doing your job. Yeah. Right. Amen. You're not going to have a job for long. Yeah. Amen. You're going to be up here in the prayer line. God, I need a job. Yeah. Well, you, they're paying you to do something. Right. Amen. So you do your job, but if the door opens... You step right into it. There's many times that I've ministered to people on my job. There's many times that I've led people to the Lord on my job. There's, there's people that God has done miracles for. 
Just, just because I worked for him, they knew I was a Christian, and they called me on the phone and said, man, come pray for him. He's in the ICU. And, and, and people were healed. People were saved. Amen. But, but I, I believe in my heart what, what the Lord really wants to get is we need to get out here and live this in front of the people. And the, the people need to hear the gospel. And, and Jesus over in, in John chapter 4, the Bible talks about Jesus. He said, I must need go through Samaria. And, and, and he went to Samaria, and he, he, the Bible says when he got to that, the well there in Samaria, the Bible says he was weary. It was hot. It was 12 noon. And down there in the Middle East, in, in Israel, I've been there, Bubby, it gets hot. I mean, it gets up in 100, 110 degrees. And here Jesus is weary. He's tired, but he said, I must need go through Samaria. He was being led by his father, being led by the Spirit of God. And he stopped by this well, and the Bible says he sent his disciples in to go get some, some groceries. And, and while he was sitting there, this little woman showed up. Why? She didn't want to go there when it was cool. She didn't, because in the cool in the morning, that's when all the quote-unquote uh, good women <laughs> from the first church came to the well and looked down their noses at her, made her feel ashamed, made her feel lost, made her feel left out, made her feel unimportant. But I want to tell you, somebody thought she was important. Hallelujah. I said somebody, the Lord Jesus took the time to stop by a well in the middle of the summer, in the middle of the heat, in the middle of the day, and stop and minister to some little old gal that everybody else looked at and thought, man, she's just on the junk heap of life. And the Bible says that Jesus began to minister to her, began to talk to her, and as he began to minister and began to talk to her, he began to kind of break her down with his conversation. And he began to, to, to uh, ask questions, and she would ask back, and he began to talk about uh, having, actually, he asked her, give me a drink of water, and she said, you don't, you don't have a bucket? And he said, if you knew who you were looking at, he said, if you, knew, if you knew who I was, you would ask me, and I would give you living water, and you could drink of this water, and you would never thirst again. Amen. And her answer was simple but profound. Give me this water. Yeah. And, 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 and the, in the verse, she says it like this. Give me this water so I don't have to come out here anymore. Yeah. I don't have to be alone. I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to, to, to hide my face. And Jesus was willing to give her that water of life. And the Bible says that, that she heard what Jesus said, and Jesus just looked her straight in the eye and said, look, well, actually, she said this. She said, well, I know this. Messiah is coming. And Jesus looked at her and said, I am the Messiah. How's that? I'm here. Listen, this world knows that, that there is a God who cares about it. They know that Messiah is coming. They've heard of miracles. There's people that, that you talk to every day that they've listened to the word of God on TV or on radio, or they, or they have parents that pray. They were raised in church. And, and, and in their heart, they, Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. I know Jesus is coming. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared for, for when he comes. And, and this woman was, was perplexed, and she had five husbands and she had drama in her life and she had, listen, five husbands, that's five disasters, five divorces. Not to mention that she probably had kids if she had five husbands. <laughs> think of the mess. Think of the turmoil. Think about when she went back into town and there's five different husbands that she's trying to duck and dodge from. That's messed up. Even for Galveston. 
My boss had seven wives, but, but he got straight. Amen. He got saved. He met Jesus. But this woman in, in John chapter 4, if you would just flip over there, we're going to look at, we're just going to kind of hit the high spots. Verse 25, she said, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Verse 26, Jesus said unto her, he said, I that am speaking to you am he. Wow. And upon this came the disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman. The, 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 The rabbis in those days were forbidden to speak to a woman by themselves. It was just the religious law that a rabbi was not supposed to speak to a woman, especially a woman by herself, especially this kind of woman. But I want to tell you the law of love always overrides the law of sin and death. And Jesus was walking love. Amen. And he began, and he walked, uh, talked to this woman. And, and as he began to talk to her, he just began to break the power of the devil off of her and off of her mind. And Jesus said unto her, I'm the one that speaks, speaks to, uh, speaketh unto thee. And upon this came his disciples, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thee with her? Man, religion is always looking for some excuse why this, why this person can't be healed, why this person can't be saved. They're always judging, you know, it just, it just doesn't get anybody anywhere but confused. But look here at verse 28. The Bible says, The woman left her water pot, and went on her way where? Into the city. She said, man, I got a hold of something here. I found somebody. The Bible says that he told me everything that I had ever done. And I believe that he could look right through her with those eyes of love. And, and she knew that he cared about her, that, that, that he had compassion for her. And he got up, she got up and she ran into the city and she said, come see a man who knows everything about me, who knows every mistake I've ever made, every drama that I've ever had in my life, yet he still loves me. you got to come see this guy. And the Bible says the whole city came out. This was the first evangelist. It was a woman. Take it up with Jesus. So then he had to address his disciples over in in verse 33. It says, therefore, said the disciples one to another, has has any man brought this man uh, ought to eat? And Jesus said unto him, my meat is not to do the will, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not there are four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already unto harvest. That word look is the word in the Greek, it's the word uh, theorio. It's where we get the word theater. And, and it means for you to gaze like you're watching your favorite movie, like you're watching the Texans on actually winning, playing football, or the Astros, and, you know, they're kind of, but, but you're dialed in, and you're, you're, look, you're not just blinking and looking at the harvest and, the, and go about your day. It means you're watching, you're, you're looking, you're open. You're looking, man, where is that person, Lord, that you want me to lead to, to, to Christ? Lord, show me. Lead me, Holy Spirit. And he said, look unto the harvest. It's white. We're just not seeing it. 
Or we're too busy looking at other things, spending too much time doing other stuff. There is a hurting world out there that needs to know about the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. They won't hear unless we tell them. And Jesus, he just came right out and said, look, I'm Jesus. And then he looked at his disciples and said, look, the, the fields are white. You're too busy over there going to the grocery store. But this woman left her bucket and she went into the city and she brought the whole city out. You guys are over there buying barbecue. Why? Because, man, she had had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ that changed her life. Look at verse 39. It says that many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for what? For the saying of that woman which testified, he told me all that, I, that ever I did. Listen, there was something about that testimony. There was something about the fact that, that Jesus, by the Spirit of God, was able to say, look, I know about your mistakes. I know about your problems. But look, I can fix it. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to help you. And, and it, affect, it had a ripple. I like to say that the Holy Ghost ripple effect through that whole city. Amen. And they, that the testimony of this woman was powerful. And it caused people to come out. And it says in verse 40, it says, And when the Samaritans were come into him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Man, had a two-day revival because of a woman that's willing to open her mouth and tell people about the Lord Jesus. And, it said, and, and many more believed because of his own words. In other words, they began to listen to Jesus now. Listen, there comes a point where, where you begin to lead people to the Lord, and they hear your testimony, and they hear the scriptures you say, but there comes a point where all of a sudden it switches over, and they're starting to hear Jesus. They're starting to hear Jesus in the Word of God. They're starting to hear Jesus when, when, when they're taught the Word of God. They're starting to hear Jesus by hanging around the sheep and hearing you witness and hearing you speak right and act right and have the right attitude. They, they start, man, I'm no longer listening to, to Miss Leah. I'm no longer listening to Brother Roland. I'm hearing Jesus. I'm, Jesus is telling me this. Jesus is speaking this into my life. Jesus is bringing healing into this mindset. I've I, I got to renew my mind in this area. I need to get, have some action in this area. Why? It's, it's because all of a sudden you're not listening listening to people anymore. You're listening to the Spirit of God. Amen. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. Yes. He's the one that, that, that listen, don't, don't just listen to my voice. There's a voice in my voice. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and I believe by faith that He's going to put somebody across your path this week that you can minister to individually. Amen. It might be like this woman. Amen? That you can go and lead her to the Lord and you, she might bring the whole city to church next Sunday. Amen? We, we, we're so quick to judge, so quick to say, oh, God can't use that person. God, how, What can God do with him? And, and, and we're so quick to be like the disciples to say, what's Jesus doing talking to that woman? Legalistic. Religious. Mean. I, I notice when I start getting religious, I get real mean. Amen. <laughs> you need to get up and pray, Sylvia. I don't say that to her no more. <laughs> she can pray in her car. Amen. <laughs> you need to read your Bible. And as always, I like to read my Bible at night. She hears the word of Frazier. <laughs> but that's okay. I knew how to choose my battles, amen, because I know she studies the Word of God. I know she, she spends time with, with the Lord, and so do I. But, but listen, back to where we were. 
<laughs> the Bible, verse 42, it says, uh, and, said, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, these are the people talking to the woman, not because of thy sayings, for we have heard him, speaking of Jesus, ourselves, and know. Man, these people, this was even before the cross. It says this whole town, these people knew that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Wow! Don't you know Jesus would have loved if that would have happened in Nazareth? Nazareth? Or in Jerusalem? The Bible says he went to Nazareth and couldn't do no mighty work. Say, lay his hands on a few sick people. Because they kept saying, oh, that's, that's Joseph's boy. Yeah, that's Mary's, Mary's kid. He, I don't know. He, yeah, he preaches good. He's got a good word. But sh- we know better. We know who he is. Come on, amen. These people accepted Jesus, and Jesus revealed himself to one woman, and before long, the whole city knew who he was. I mean, by revelation, the Spirit of God, they heard Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, he can do the same thing with you, for you, through you, and bring other people into the kingdom of God, bring other people, other people into the flock of God, people that we don't even think of. The, uh, a lot of times, I, I like in, in the dad class, we talk about the Great Commission and how wonderful it is to go into all the world, and that's wonderful. That's good. I want to go to Africa. I want to go to South America. I want to go, go to Europe. I want to, I want to go to Asia. I want, all these different missionaries come, and every time they show up, I want to go hook up with them. Amen. There's a desire on the inside of me to go into the world and preach the gospel. But listen, if we're not preaching the gospel here on Galveston Island at 2411 69th Street and wherever it is you live, if you're not preaching, listen, what good does it do for us to cry over Africa if we're not crying over the people in this town right now that are hurting, people that are impoverished, people that are lost? Listen, I, I got to lead a little... A girl, this is what stirred this all up in me. I got to lead one of Natalie's little friends to the Lord last week. Was it last week or this week? But but we were standing in the uh, in the court courthouse. We we're doing some business over at the courthouse, and her phone ring, and all I hear is screaming. And this little girl's getting beat up by her quote unquote boyfriend. And so, make a long story short, me and Natalie, we must needs go by their house. And we went by there, and it's, it's chaos. And we got, we're having to flag some police down, and, and the police came. He went to jail. She went to UTMB. And I'm like, pray. Get out of the way. You know, I, you know in my heart, I want to minister. I want to pray to, with people. But right then wasn't the time. You got to be led by the Spirit of God. So anyway, I think it was Wednesday, and... Uh, the, I just got finished with work, and the surf was going off, man. It was looking good. And I got my hair cut over at Miss Yvette's, and, I, man, I'm, I'm ready to go surfing, and, I, man, I'm all polished up. And the phone rings, and it's this little girl. And she says, my, my boyfriend got out of jail, and I'm getting my stuff out of my apartment, and, and I got another place to go, and, and you think you can help me move? Amen. And I and I thought, you know, like these disciples says, what's what what do you what do you mean going over there? You got no business over there, the little single gal. What are people gonna say if they see you and her in your truck? Well, Jesus said do it. The Holy Ghost said do it. Amen. I was looking for somebody to find to go with me, but Gabriel was surfing. <laughs> 
<laughs> Man. So make a long story short, we pulled up, unloaded my truck. She had all the stuff that a little single gal has. Unloaded all the stuff, brought it into the house, set it up, and, and I just walked outside on the porch and I said, okay. I said, you're just like this woman in John chapter 4. You're thirsty. You're looking for something. You look for it in a, in a boyfriend. You've looked for it in drugs. You've looked all over. All over. I want to tell you, Jesus is what you're thirsty for. He has the living water that if you'll drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. She just started to weep. And I said, I didn't tell her, well, you need to get saved. You know what that, I didn't tell her that. I said, listen, you just need Jesus to come into your life and he'll change you. A lot of times, listen, these people out here in the streets that are going through all this stuff, they don't understand saved. They don't understand righteousness. They don't understand Jehovah Sid Canoe. You know, all, all, of, all of these terms that all of us, all of us Christians, you know, we, we just have them on the tip of our tongue and we think we're really ministering to somebody and it's going right over their head. You just need Jesus. Messiah's coming. He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. I prayed a simple prayer with that young lady. She cried and I cried. And, and the Spirit of God just came and just, just ministered to that gal. And I turned around and walked off. And I'll tell you, that, that was better than any surf session I've ever been on. I'll tell you, God, God, God just, just energized me spiritually. And, and I, we were talking, the staff, we were talking a, a little while ago about how long has it been since you led somebody to the Lord one-on-one? -on -one? And it made me think. You know, I, I go to the jail and lead, lead people to the Lord on a, you know, just about every service we lead people to the Lord. But just sit down and talk with somebody. Look them in the eye and take the time to minister to them. Listen, you do that to them. They do that to the person next week. This church will explode. The Great Commission, we all want to go out into, the God, out into the world and stand in some field with a million people in it and wave our hand and have all the blind eyes open and wave our hand this way and all the cripples walk, and that's wonderful. And that happens. It does. But listen, our commission right now, if you're not there, your commission is right here where you're at. And it's to take the gospel to the dying world. One-on-one, -on -one, person on person. Pray and ask God to put the fire of God on the inside of you, to open your eyes to see that person who's ready and open to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, when you do that, your life will never be the same. I began to grow more and more in God when I began to study the word of God for other people instead of myself. I started off preaching in jails, and I remember the first sermon I ever preached was out of Matthew chapter 16. Thou art the Christ. You know, who do men say that they are? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood hadn't revealed that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I was up there preaching like this, and there's two guys sitting over there, and I looked this way. <laughs> some guy, and some guy came up and got saved. And that gave me confidence. Listen, the more you do this, the more confidence you'll have. Jesus died on the cross so that he could save us and make us vessels that are clean and fit for what? For his spirit to be poured into. And God has filled us, Jesus has filled us with the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. 
to, to, to be evidence producers. He has filled us with power to go into the world, go into your world, and preach the gospel, bring the good news. What are we doing with the power that Jesus died on the cross to give us? Listen, we need, to, we need to have a heart for people. We need to, I know a, a, a lot of times in the jail when we minister, everybody, all they think about is my problem, my problem, my problem, my problem, my problem. If we can just get them to change their mind off of their problem and begin to minister to people around, they get saved, they get filled with the Holy Ghost, begin to renew your mind by the Word of God. What happens is, is as they begin to give out, guess what? They begin to get back. They begin to grow. As you begin to give out to people that are thirsty, that are hungry for the word of God, listen, that, that, that sap that's in the vine, that life that's in the vine of the Lord Jesus is going to flow through you Amen. to other people. And guess what? You're going to grow. You're going to produce fruit. You're going to be effective witnesses for the kingdom of God. Listen, in Acts chapter 8, Philip went down to Samaria. And in Samaria, he, the Bible says he preached Jesus. There, there was, uh, there was a, a lot of persecution from Saul at that time. And, and that persecution caused the, the Jerusalem church to get off of their, however you want to say it, <laughs> backside, and get up and begin to become active in their faith. And one guy got up, Philip. He went up, the Bible says he went to Samaria, and he began to preach, and God began to confirm the word with signs and wonders and miracles. And the Bible says there was great joy in that city. Listen, there's going to be great joy and greater joy in Galveston if we'll get up and do what God is commissioning us and calling us to do. And the Bible says that, that Philip was willing to go and preach in the city and he reached the city. He touched the city. The apostles came, laid hands on people, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They shook that city for God. But then the Bible says the Spirit of God spoke to, to Philip, and he said, listen, I've got another assignment for you. Go south. Go down to the, in Israel, you go south. The further south you get, the hotter it is. Go to the desert. Go to an uncomfortable place. Listen, it wasn't comfortable for me to go get that gal's dirty stuff and put it in my truck. But there was a soul at stake, amen? There was a little girl needing to know that there was a God who loved her, that cared about her, amen? And, and, and Philip was willing to go, and when he got there, guess what? It, was, it wasn't some crackhead. When he got there, it was somebody that was a, it, it, he was a uh, potentate, is, is what one way the, that the uh, Greek says, he was like a leader, the treasurer of Egypt. He had just come back from Jerusalem and he, where he worshiped God and he had, he had in, in his chariot, he was reading the book of Isaiah and the Spirit of God said, go get in his van. Because I don't think he was texting and reading, you know, <laughs> like uh, some of us. Lord, forgive me. But I think somebody was driving the wagon and he was reading the scripture and, and you know, he probably wasn't going over 50 <laughs> but, but Philip went over there and joined himself and he began to minister him. The Bible says that he took off at the place where he was reading and Philip began to preach Jesus, just simple Jesus to this man. And this man grasped it and he said, is there any reason why I can't be baptized? They pulled over on the side of the road at a pond and he said, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you may be saved and baptized. 
So he was saved. He was baptized in water. The Bible says when they, they came up out of the water, the Bible says the Spirit took Philip, translating him to another place. And the Bible says that that man went away rejoicing. And to this day, there is still a remnant of, of Ethiopian believers in Africa. And they even have a church in Jerusalem. So what am I saying? One-on-one -on -one ministry. Talking to people, blessing people. You don't know where that person's going to end up being. He might affect a whole nation. Listen, one message can change a man, and that man can change a nation. So be faithful. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. The Bible says it is the power of God. At the point that we are ashamed of the gospel is where the power of God stops. But when we're not ashamed to stand boldly and declare Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus will break the power of drug addiction off of your life. Jesus will heal your marriage. Jesus will heal your broken heart. By the anointing of God, by the power of God, listen, we will change this city. It will change us, and we'll go into all the world and do whatever God's called us to do. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Frank? Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services, Sunday morning, 1045, Tuesday prayer, 730, Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.